Hey there, listeners. Evan coming to you from the editing chair again. Unfortunately, the audio quality is a bit worse than our usual gold standard. We were using a different recording setup than we usually do, and it didn't work nearly as well as we were hoping. We hope that you'll stick around and listen to the whole episode, despite the audio quality, because we wrote a fantastic fic for you guys. With that said, on to the episode. How did the fic writing go this week? Uh, it was different writing with somebody. Yeah. I've never done that Slower, before. Slower, I think. Yeah, but that's just us being distracted. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't slower because the actual writing process was slower. It was just a lot going on. Yeah, we like to bitch and moan. Yeah, we do like to bitch and moan. <laughs> well, yeah. to be fair, things are hard. Yeah, things are hard right now. Things suck, and we need to complain somehow. Exactly. And better to each other than on social media. That's true. I mostly just post about how I'm kind of sad and drink too much coffee on social media. Do you drink a lot of coffee? Uh, some days. I don't know how to work our coffee maker, so I don't drink a lot of coffee. But oh. if I did, goddamn, I'd drink all the coffee. Uh, <laughs> one of my most recent tweets from no! four days ago. No! Oh, okay, okay. I thought that you put the double dab in. No. I was going to get really angry. Uh, when you drank lots of coffee... So your heart is about to explode, but you're still sad and tired. That got one like. Oh, who liked it? My friend's ex. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's a good question. Do you unfollow your friend's exes after they break up? Yes, I did. I do. I asked him if I should, and he said yes. I feel like most people would want you to. To be honest, she was already muted because she tweets a lot. Oh, okay. I don't even want to, like, follow my friends' significant others, but it's like when they're following me, I kind of feel obligated to. Yeah, you gotta follow back. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Unstable Universes, the podcast where we ruin two of your favorite fandoms at once. I'm Evan Rowell. And I'm Alana Hopper. Ooh, and today's a special episode. Yes, welcome to number 10. Episode X. Yes. <laughs> my roommate asked me to call it that. Yeah, I think it's good. It's pretty nifty. It has a nice ring to nice it. Nice and edgy, like Jason X. Ooh, I the, have no clue who that is. The 10th, Friday the 13th movie. Oh, okay. It's called Jason X. Okay, I didn't know space. that. Does he? Yeah, it's bullshit. Oh, what the fuck? That's <laughs> so cool. So stupid. <laughs> yeah, so this week was a little bit different. That's Instead right. Instead of each writing our own fix, what we did was we wrote one together. That's right. I was going to look up what that's called when you have a writing partner for a fic, but I didn't. Oh, I don't care enough. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's longer than usual. Slightly, yeah. Slightly. Well, it's a lot longer than my usual fix. Yeah. Because mine are usually like a thousand cut off. I think Bradley Manhans' fic might have been longer. Oh, yeah, because wasn't it like 2,000 words to begin with? Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy. He's got some man hands. Those man hands just can't <laughs> stop typing. <laughs> they can't. They can't. Some say they're still typing to this day. <laughs> Shall we begin? Do we jump right in? Well, we got to talk about what the fandoms are. Oh, yes, you're right, you're right. So, okay. last week in our random tandem fandom segment, yes. we had the B-movie, mm-hmm. Monster House, yeah. Courtroom Drama. Yeah, what a good mix. It is. Yeah, it's we like, got two fun fandoms. For sure. I feel like a lot of the time we get like one fun fandom and then one kind of like eh fandom. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of like adult fandom mixed with 
Like, kids fandom. Yeah. So this is good. This is consistent. Yeah. Two kid fandoms. But we did not keep it PG. No. Not quite. We discuss addiction. Yes. We discuss murder. Yes. Barry B. Benson calls someone an asshole. That's true. Meninism. A little bit. A little bit. Well, there's a mention of it. I don't know if we actually have any. <laughs> I don't think so. We have feminism for sure. Hell yeah, dude. Progressive fic. And hashtag save the bees. Hashtag save the bees. And with that, what are we titling this? Oh, God. Do you do a word and then I do a word and then you do a word? That sounds like it would be a mess. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. How many words do we want? Four? Sure. Okay. You start. The. <laughs> what a cop out it. <laughs> I hate you. The. Case. The case. Of. Beirder. <laughs> the case of Beirder. That will make sense when we read the fic. Yeah. Honestly, it's not very well coded. You could probably figure out what Beirder is. <laughs> I almost want to call it the case of murder. Or Beirder, if you will. Let's do that. Okay. So this is... The case of Bee Murder. Or Beirder, if you will. <laughs> by... Both Evan and Alana this week. Wow. I'm like mentally preparing myself to read a thousand seven hundred words. Slurp went the monster house's long slippery carpet tongue. It wrapped around poor unsuspecting Jira B, giving him quite a fright. <laughs> he died as the strong muscle crushed his very soul. The tongue snapped back as quickly as it had shot out. Damn, that one had a lot of sting to it. That really hit the spot. I haven't had a bee in nearly an hour. Gotta get my fix, thought the house. We really didn't work this addiction in, like, smoothly. Gotta get my fix. Listen, (laughs) subtlety has no place in fanfiction. That's true. You're very right. A while later, back outside, Barry B. Benson was flying alongside his walking fiancé, Vanessa Bloom. What do you mean you don't want my last name, Vanessa? Barry was screaming. <laughs> it's 2010, Barry. Stop being a meninist. We are a progressive family. <laughs> she yelled back, glistening tears in her eyes. I feel like meninist hadn't been, that term hadn't been coined in 2010. <laughs> I think you're right. It's fine. Barry stormed ahead, his tiny wings carrying him quickly. That's when it happened. The red carpet tongue grabbed him by the foot and pulled him back towards the gaping gob of the monster house. Sweet baby Jesus, or Beezus, if you will. Help me, Vanessa, Barry cried, trying to pry his toesies free from the retracting tongue carpet. I forgot about toesies. (laughs) Oh, what? Now you need a strong woman in your life, she said, rolling her eyes, not noticing the monster house's monster muscle. (laughs) The tongue pulled Barry towards the doorway like he was a Mormon missionary spreading the word of the Lord and Savior. Vanessa rounded the corner to see Barry hovering in the middle of a dilapidated house's front yard, screaming like a little bitch. Barry, what the fuck is happening with you today? Vanessa questioned tiredly. That house tried to eat me, Vanessa. What's the deal? (laughs) Barry said, pointing wildly at the house, now standing utterly still, like a house. Wow. Houses don't eat people. They're houses. Can we please move on? Vanessa groaned and turned to keep walking down the street. I'll show you, Barry said, pulling at her hair. 
She resisted initially, but after a good yank, she followed him into the desolate house like a well-trained racehorse, but without the blinders. That sounds like domestic abuse, honestly. <laughs> He's a meninist. The floorboards creaked so loud under Vanessa's feet that she feared she'd fall through to the basement with each step. Barry led her deeper into the dark depths of the unkept home. The dank smell of dust and rot was suddenly overpowered by a sweet stench. What's that smell, Barry? Vanessa whispered, clinging to his tiny hands. We should get out of here. No, I would know that smell anywhere. It's my cousin, Jeremy. He went missing an hour ago, which is a long time in bee time, Barry exclaimed. We have to find him and bring him back to the hive. My god, this is stupid. <laughs> As they walked down the stairs to the basement, the smell grew stronger and stronger, filling Barry's bee nostrils with the familiar scent of bee and pollen and honey and honeycomb and Jeremy's signature cologne. <laughs> Why did we do this? <laughs> no. But to their horror, as they stepped down to the cold concrete floor of the unfinished basement, they were met with a gruesome sight. Thousands, billions, trillions of bee corpses lay scattered in various states of decay. Vanessa gasped, and Barry flew close to the floor in search of Jeremy. Jeremy? He called out, his voice cracking in fear. But it was too late. Jeremy's still warm corpse lay at the top of a large bee pile. <laughs> His eyes still open but unseeing. Barry broke down, but Vanessa ran over to where he was, trampling a number of unnamed bees on her way. We need to go, Barry. This is a crime scene. We can't contaminate the evidence, she whispered. No, Barry yelled back. I'm not leaving without Jeremy. Vanessa is an act of pure desperation, scooped up her little boyfriend and carried him out of the basement. Vanessa in an act? In an act. It's fine. She is an act of pure desperation. Me too. Right? Put me down, woman. Put me down or I'll sting you, he screamed. Vanessa gasped. Barry, you wouldn't dare. You'd die, you idiot. <laughs> Why should I live while Jeremy rots in that basement? Or beesmint, if you will. Barry shrieked. <laughs> his tiny bee throat burned from the prolonged scream fest, but his rage burned hotter. Vanessa tucked Barry snugly into her flannel breast pocket. He could feel her heart slowly beating, calming him somewhat. With her now free hand, she took her phone out of her pocket and dialed 911. Barry peeked his smaller-than-average noggin out of the pocket and hollered back at the house. I'll see you in court, asshole, while shaking his bee fist. The house, knowing that Vanessa's gaze was on the street looking for incoming police cars, winked a window wink at Barry and stuck her tongue out, waggling it ever so sensually. Chapter break. The monster house adjusted her red tie nervously. It's okay, reassured her lawyer, who, by the way, was a lovely two-story side-split house. Of course. Their case is total hearsay. The house continued to fidget anxiously as the jury fil filed in to their seats across the courtroom. All rise for the Honorable Judge Bumbleton, the bailiff shouted from the front of the room. The monster house sat up a little straighter to give the appearance of standing up, as Judge Bumbleton walked to her spot on the bench. Her jowls bounced with the movement, making the monster house's stomach grumble. <laughs> 
It had been so long since she had eaten a bee. Okay, those jowls are disgusting, though. Okay. Listener, take out your phone. (laughs) Open open up Siri or Google Assistant and search Judge Bumbleton (laughs) B-movie. And look at the jowls on that woman. She has a square head. Her jowls are make her whole head a square. Like, her cheekbones look like they're in line with her mouth, and it's disgusting. <laughs> Voice... We're very bothered by it. Order in the court. Order, I say. Her Oprah Winfrey-like voice rang out as she smashed the gavel against the little gavel holder. A hush fell over the courtroom crowd, which consisted mainly of Chowder. Chowder is a character from Monster House, in case you forgot. You, Mrs. Monster House, have been accused by Barry B. Benson of 35,000 counts of bee murder. Beurder, if you will, of the first degree. How do you plead? Question the judge. Not guilty, Your Honor, on the basis that bee murder, beurder. <laughs> He <laughs> put it twice. <laughs> like, take it, take it yeah. Okay. Okay. Whip the tears away. <laughs> Not guilty, Your Honor. On the basis that be murder, be murder, if you will, is not illegal, replied the lawyer house. A loud sob rang out as tiny honey tears flowed down Barry's furry face. You're a real monster, house. He screamed in a fit of despair. Shut up, Oprah said. This is a goddamn courtroom and you will respect it, you puny insect. Jesus. Once Barry had calmed down, the judge continued on. It is now time for your opening statements. We will start with the plaintiff, Mr. Benson. Thank you, Your Honor. As we determined in my first court case. From the B movie. From the B movie. Bees are equal to humans. Therefore, murdering bees is wrong, and this bitch should go to jail for the rest of her miserable life, Barry stated to the court. The house was affronted by his crude way of speaking. She hated teenagers and their slang, but he was oh so enticing. Her stomach grumbled again. Only I can cuss in my goddamn courtroom, Mr. Benson. But thank you for your candor. Mrs. Monster House, it is now your turn to take the floor, said Judge Bumbleton. The side-split lawyer scraped his foundation forward towards the jury box. (laughs) They don't have legs. They don't have legs, it's true. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we gather here today under false pretenses. My client has been accused of murder when no such crime has occurred. Rather, simple pest extermination. Mrs. Monster House is simply putting forward an effort to make the neighborhood safer for all the boys and girls that are allergic to bee stings. Barry couldn't hold himself back. He flew up at the lawyer house's face, question mark, and shouted, This isn't a case of simple extermination. This is 35,000 cases of premeditated murder. These bees were just minding their own business. Or beesness, if you will. Collecting pollen for the queen. And they were kidnapped and killed by your client. She's got a problem. An addiction to killing my family. The lawyer house was bewildered. Or bewildered, if you will. A shocked silence fell over the courtroom, only broken by the banging of Judge Bumbleton's gavel striking down. Is this true? 
Is it a compulsion to eat bees? The monster host began to sweat. Her stomach growled loudly, seeing Barry's juicy bee body. She couldn't hold it back any longer. Her long carpet tongue shot out of her front door, wrapping around his thick, with two C's. Of course. Body. She remembered his taste from the last time she had a hold on him. Ew. Quickly, Vanessa jumped up, and with a pair of garden shears, she snipped the carpet in half. The stub retracted with a yelp from the house's interior. The carpet released Barry and fell lifeless to the floor. The jury gasped in astonishment. Well, that settles that. It clearly is a compulsive act for Mrs. Monster House to eat the bees. Therefore, I sentence you to 30 days of rehabilitation, or beehab, if you will. The judge stated as she smacked her gavel one last time and strode out of the courtroom. The jury nodded in agreement. This was the only logical solution, most definitely. For sure, for sure. Barry B. Benson whooped in excitement for his victory. Vanessa, we won. Can you believe it? The two lovers embraced in a celebratory hug. Barry pulled away slightly to look Vanessa in her giant green eyes. And I've reconsidered. I want to be Barry B. Bloom. I love you, honey. The end. Wow. That was such a good fic. It was... I'm so proud. It was perfect. Next up is a special surprise for Evan. We have a write-in this week. From? From Bobby Flay. Oh, wow. Another yeah. celebrity chef. <laughs> Another celebrity chef is writing in. That's amazing. Yeah. So this is a decently long write-in. I believe it's about 900 words, okay. they told me. Okay. This is Love Will Be No Matter What Happens. PDF By Bobby Flay? By Bobby Flay. Prologue. Ten years after the events of Monster House, DJ and Jenny are now married with a child on the way. And Chowder is now the founding partner of his own law firm. The story. One Christmas morning, the three of them are hanging out on one of Chowder's yachts in the middle of the Caribbean Sea. Author's note. It should be noted that Chowder owns multiple yachts. This is not really relevant to the story, other than to show how rich and successful Chowder has become as a criminal defense lawyer. Anyway. Barry B. Benson flies over to the three of them on the yacht and starts flirting with Jenny. Barry. Hey there, Jenny. Looking awfully sweet this evening. Jenny. Thanks, Barry. You're looking pretty fly yourself. (laughs) Chowder genuinely thinks this is hilarious and laughs so hard he pees a little and excuses himself to the bathroom (laughs) to clean up. DJ. Why don't you just buzz off, Barry? We all hate you. Jesus, that's so brutal. Jenny. Holy moly, DJ, calm down a bit. Jenny turns to Barry, caressing his cheek. I don't hate you at all. DJ, that's it. I'm going to kill you, Barry. (laughs) It should be known that this is written in sort of a script format. Yep. DJ grabs a nearby electric fly swatter and runs toward Barry, swinging down with all of his might. Barry flies to the side just in time to miss the deadly blow. Barry then counterattacks with his super sharp stinger. He manages to stab DJ right in the dick. Jesus Christ. Have you read this before? No. Okay. (laughs) To be honest, when I opened it up, I saw it should be noted that Chowder owns multiple yachts, and I fucking lost my mind. I was laughing for like two minutes, and then I just closed it. So I just knew that Chowder owned some yachts. Perfect. 
I'm allergic to bees, shouted DJ, as he fell to the ground, grabbing at his groin in immense pain. Well, I'm allergic to jerks, whispers Barry the bee with his final breath, winking as his soul moved on to another world. (laughs) Jenny begins to cry, because this situation really escalated very quickly. Chatter returns from the bathroom, only to find DJ dead on the ground, and Barry the bee also dead on the ground, with Jenny crying between them. After Jenny explained what had happened to Chowder, he too began to weep. Then, upon his knees, he screamed, I shall avenge you, DJ, my brother, my one true friend, through the power of the law. Damn it. Fast forward. But it seems like Barry, or Barry was kind of their friend. He made Chowder laugh really hard. Apparently, yeah. But not as true of a friend as They DJ. didn't defeat the monster house together. Exactly. That's a different kind of friendship. Fast forward six months of bureaucracy. (laughs) Author's note, it is not directly mentioned in Monster House whether or not DJ is allergic to bees, or allergic to anything for that matter, but we were led to believe this to be true based on the way DJ looks. He looks like he's probably allergic to bees. That's so fucking true. Doesn't he look like he's allergic to bees? I don't remember what DJ looks like. Oh, he's like a skinny pale kid with like dark hair. He looks a little emo. Okay, you know the, the emo who from the Dr. Seuss movie? Uh-huh. He kind of looks like that. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Essentially, Chowder found some legal loophole where he can sue the entire bee species for the death of his friend. Yeah, he's that good. That's why he has multiple yachts. I mean, yeah. There's only one way to get multiple yachts. I'd like to call my first witness, announces Chowder to the court. Buried the bee. The entire room goes silent except for Chowder whispering to himself, how is that going to be possible? As if he was hoping someone was going to ask, but nobody did. Well, everyone, I'm going to summon a spirit (laughs) from beyond the grave. Chowder takes off his suit and dances around the room naked, screaming the lyrics to bring me to life by Evanescence. Evan is in bold. In its entirety. Acapella, while the jury looks on in horror, the ghost of Barry the Bee takes the stand. Jesus Christ, he did it. He did it. He's good. Did you kill DJ? Chowder screams in Barry's face. Okay, I did it. Just stop yelling at me, Barry cried back, tears filling his eyes. I admit that I killed DJ, but it was in self-defense. I would have never started a fight with DJ if I wasn't... Defending myself and my love, Jenny. Chowder then brings Jenny to the stand. What is your relationship with Barry the Bee? Asked Chowder. He's the father of my child, Jenny admitted. Jesus Christ! Now crying, having admitted to having an affair and cheating on DJ, and also in having a role in the argument that caused his death. I love DJ, and I wanted him to raise this baby, but now he's gone forever, and it's all my fault. I wish I could just speak to him one more time. That can be arranged, Chowder says, winking and shooting finger guns at the pregnant widow. Chowder then takes off his suit for a second time and starts... <laughs> Wait, he, he paused to put back on his suit. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Chowder then takes his suit off for a second time and starts his ri- ritual all over again in hope of calling DJ's spirit to the stand, this time opting to sing Ironic by Alanis Morissette. (laughs) Alana being bolded this time in its entirety. 
Why did you start the fight, DJ? Why did you attack Barry the Bee? You knew all along that Barry and Jenny were having an affair, didn't you? Chowder yelled at DJ. I knew all along... I knew. I knew all along, Chowder, and I was jealous. I was hurt, and so I had to kill him. But there is something I must admit. I was jealous of Jenny. I've been in love with Barry B. Benson for the last seven years, and never had the courage to make my move. The judge slams his gavel and sentences DJ to prison for the rest of his eternal ghost life for the murder of Barry B. Benson. Epilogue. Barry's ghost and Jenny live together happily ever after. They raise their half-human and half-bee baby together. Chowder, horrified by what he'd seen transpire in the courtroom, decided to quit law and retreat to a cabin in the woods by himself. But then one day, he falls in love with a woman named Veronica. Veronica, the bee. The end. <laughs> okay, how does a bee impregnate a girl? How does a bee talk? Shut up! <laughs> you got me there. Because I was discussing bee sex with someone recently. Why? Because of this fic. Oh, okay. And apparently Cleopatra had the first vibrator, and it was just a glass jar full of bees, and they're buzzing. She'd, like, hold it against her and, like, use that. That does not seem safe. No, it doesn't. I guess if it's a safe enough, like, a closed container. Yeah. The bees would die eventually, though, if there's no air. Yeah. But Cleopatra was savage. So I was like, like a bee could like fly down onto you and like vibrate. But that's not gonna impregnate you. But this is a whole nother level. So thank you, Bobby Flair, for that lovely, lovely story. What did you think of it, Evan? I thought it was spectacular. Especially since, as far as I'm aware, that is the first fan fiction that Bobby has ever written. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's also the most cohesive write-in we've ever had. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm glad that Chowder became successful, though. Yeah, good for him. He was, like, the best character in Monster House. I'm glad DJ died. DJ was a little bitch, anyway. So, with our fix read, shall we move right on to Random Phantom Phantoms? It is time to generate next episode's fan fiction crossover. Mm-hmm. Episode 11. I'm excited. Yeah, can't wait. Atlanta, do you want to hit the button? I'd love to hit the button. Drum roll, please. Oh. Oh. I love this. <laughs> okay, so our main fandom is Fairly Odd Parents. Mm-hmm. Our next fandom is Scooby Doo. Nifty. And our tag is a dark fic. Ooh. Ooh. That's cool. I like, like that. Honestly, that's really cool. I really like that. Okay, what do you know about Fairly Odd Parents? Well, you see, Timmy was an average kid that no one understands. <laughs> Mom and Dad and Vicky always giving him commands? Yeah. I don't know the next line. Uh, basically, a ten-year-old boy with buck teeth and a pink hat is sad, so he gets fairy godparents. Yeah. Uh, Cosmo and Wanda, and they grant him every wish that he desires. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Eventually there's a baby involved. Oh, yeah. And then a dog. And then Timmy has to share his godparents with another kid. I don't even remember all that. I remember the baby. That's because, like, that was last year. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, jeez. I didn't even know it was still going. It's still going. Have you seen the conspiracy theory about Fairly Godparents where Wanda sleeps with that, like, Spanish guy? Oh, uh, yeah. I know because the baby about. is purple, and that dude has purple eyes. Oh, uh-oh. I believe that. Yeah, because in no world does pink and green together make purple. No. She definitely just cheated on the him. The baby's named Poof. Straight up. Yeah, it's cute. That, well, it's just weird that they have, like, normal human names. Cosmo. Strange. But, like, a name. Yeah. Wanda, a name. And then they name their kid Poof. Yeah, Poof isn't a good name. Poof no. is a good name for, like, a dog. Maybe. Maybe. If it's a little Poof. Maybe yeah. it's a good nickname for a dog. Yeah. And then Scooby-Doo. What do you know about Scooby-Doo? Uh, it's the gang, the Scooby, the mystery gang. Yeah. And they hang out in the mystery bus, the mystery... Machine. Machine. <laughs> I don't know very much about Scooby-Doo, apparently. So it's Fred, yep. Velma, uh-huh. Shaggy, mm-hmm. Scooby, you? Scrappy-Doo. Oh, God. <laughs> and... And Daphne. Daphne, there you go. Yeah, I got it, I got it. I had the name Scrappy first. Of course. He's the most integral part. Oh, he's the worst. He's terrible. Doesn't he end up being a villain in the movie? The live action movie, yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. I I enjoyed it at least. uh, The CGI's shit. It's written and directed by the guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And then apparently the Daphne and the Fred from that, they got married. Yeah, it's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah, you're right. And Freddie Prince Jr. They also did those uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer movies together. Oh, okay. That's cute. Sarah Michelle Gellar, that's her name. (laughs) That was gonna annoy me. His name's actually Freddie, though? Yeah, his name's Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, I hate that. That's a horrible name. I'm sorry, Freddie Prince Jr., but that's a bad name. Well, nothing he can really do about it. Yeah. Like, that's not even a stage name. Like, his dad was also an actor, and his name was Freddie Prince. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what they do is they solve mysteries and they unmask monsters that always turn out to be people. Yeah, except for that one animated movie with the zombie island where they're actually zombies. Yeah. I remember that. I feel like in the movies, they always turn out to actually be supernatural. Because there's the witch one where there's actually a witch. There's the cyber chase one where, like, the video game actually comes to life. Okay. I'm trying to think of other Scooby-Doo movies, but I can't right now. There's like 20. Oh, shit. There's that WWE one. Is there? Yeah. Oh. John Cena helps the Scooby gang. Oh, I love that. What a good guy, eh? It's goofy. Dark Fick. Dark Fick. So make it edgy? Yeah, kind of edgy. A lot of the times in Dark Fix, it's like one of the characters or a couple of the characters will just be like fucking insane. Oh. And will, like, torture and brutalize other characters. Ooh. That's what happens in a lot of the dark fix that I click on. I, like, read a description, and it's like, Hermione's destroying the lives of everyone around her. And it's like, dark fic. And I'm like, I don't want to read that. That sounds horrible. But a lot of the time, it's, like, actually dark. Uh-huh. Like, this person is going to kill themselves, and they must... Help her through her mental problems. Ooh, I think I might just go edgy instead. <laughs> I think I'll just go a little death note with it. Oh, okay, that's rather fair. Rather than... Sad, dark. Yeah. That's fair. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I might have some torture in there. 
Maybe a bit, but not like... Not like that's the focus of the fic. No, yeah. Because I don't want to have to read like a thousand words of Cosmo and Wanda torturing Scooby-Doo. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound like fun. Especially because they're all like nice characters, right? Yeah. I don't know, Fred's kind of a dick, but... The Spanish guy's name is Juan Decimo. I just remembered that. Oh, nice, nice, Juan Decimo. So Poof is his kid. Oh, God. As far as I'm concerned. Well, I think this sounds like a fun fic. Me too! I'm excited for this one. So, we've read our fix. we've done our generator, Uh huh. we're ready with our Fairly Odd Parents Scooby-Doo Dark fic. And that means it's time to sign off. Yes. Goodbye for another week. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash unstableuniverses. Or you can follow us on Twitter at ununpodcast. If you want to read either of our fics from this week, you can check it out under unstableuniverses at either archive of our own or fanfiction.net. That's right. The links will be in the podcast description. And if you want to write in for next week... Please have it in by Monday and send it either through Facebook yep. or on our email at unstableuniverses at gmail.com. That's the one. I've been Alana Hopper. And I've been Evan Rowell. Thank you for listening. See you next week. See them. You'll hear us next week. <laughs>